Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping Moon Knight episode two in full spoiler details. So, if you have- if, if you don't keep up with our deal, I might have to look at some other options for uh, my next uh, Fist of the Stark Warrior. Tommy, have you ever come into this like not like prepared to say something? Because that was well, me I'm just never. Now. I'm never prepared. You really you off the top of your head every time. I can't every do that. Time. Yeah, yeah I have to think of something before, and I forgot to think of something, so I just threw it in the reflection. I hope it works. No, I, I liked know. it. No one would know, <laughs> except for now when they listen. Hey, audience, skip. Once you gave it away. Yeah, Tommy, we're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tommy, you have the. Yeah, you're sporting the mustache as per usual, but I'm also sporting the beard. So, like for me, I feel like I am you, like in disguise. Like I, you put on the glasses, you grow the full beard, and it's just I'm a different person. Do you think that's the move? Like, you know, everyone says fake mustache. That's the way to go. But instead you do fake beards and then you already have the mustache and you put the beard on or just a beard, no mustache. Yeah. So, well, I think this might be interesting because uh, our guest, I don't know. Does he have a fake beard? We don't know. We haven't tugged <laughs> on it. Um, no, this is a longtime listener of the podcast. And like we talked about last week, this has kind of like been the theme of the start of Moon Knight. It's like the, like the real supporters are coming out. Somebody that's like been here all the time, always tweets at us, always has our back. It's Luke. Luke, how are you, man? Oh, I am fantastic. It is not 930 at Friday night at all over here in Indianapolis. <laughs> um, but I had one piece of meat and I said, all right, now my life's just gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, Luke, I want to give you the chance here. Um would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and maybe what you've been thinking of midnight? Um, sure. Um, my name's Luke. I'm from Indianapolis. I turn 40 next Saturday. Holler. Um, let's see. Um, in terms of like the MCU, I always wondered how people could like like Harry Potter movies when they haven't read the books, but that's just me when it comes to the MCU. <laughs> I just really love everything about the MCU, even though I'm not really the big comic nerd as much as I am the movie nerd. Um, yeah, just seemed to like everything. Um, in terms of Moon Knight, um, I like everything so far. Um, I am in. Um, I like seeing a lot of the sequences that deal with reflections, like you did with the intro. I like the upside down shots. I like a lot of the mystery behind it. And, um, a lot of the Easter eggs are fun. It's like WandaVision Part 2, except for they kind of give you everything that you were predicting the week next rather than just keeping us in limbo. But, um, Looking forward to seeing where it goes and um, listening, wondering what you bloody handsome people think as well. <laughs> well, thank you, Luke. Um, listen, I, I, I'm i a Moon Knight stan. I love it. I think it's so much fun. I think it's been refreshing to like, because a lot of the other shows that we have gotten have been based on characters that we've already known. Um, Hawkeye being dipping their toes a little bit into uh, Haley Steinfeld and all that mess. So um, this really is, though, like it's so segmented. It's almost like, I mean, it's so far, like you could watch the show, no memory or no knowledge of who Moon Knight is and be like, oh, this might not even be a Marvel show because it's it's again, it's not connected, but it's also way darker. There's a lot. It's scarier. Um, I'm really I'm really enjoying it. It's a very refreshing show. Tommy, what do you think of episode two? Yeah, I really liked it. And I think it's probably the show that I would say feels the most like it could easily have been a movie. Like it, the mystery side, the cinematography is amazing. Like it's really good sometimes with with what it's doing. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm really enjoying it. The pa- I know a thing we talk a lot with these TV shows is like, oh, the pacing. I'm enjoying it right now. Like I'm, I'm glad we're like getting past. I did feel like this was the episode where I'm like, all right, I'm done with Steven. Like, I'm good. We don't need Steven anymore. <laughs> so I'm glad it seems like he's he's gone for now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a good ride we're on. Steven with a V. Yes. <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this, Luke, because, um, yeah, maybe we're jumping. We'll be jumping all over the place. I've, I talked to my boys before this. I have no notes on this episode. So we're just, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a hollering good time. But Luke, I'm curious. Um, do you, is that what you suspect too? Do you think from now on we're no longer following Steven and we're going to just switch to Mark? Well, just bring it right out. I think next week's a Mark Spector origin story. I think they're going right back in time and they're going to tell us, okay, what happened? And I'm going to mispronounce his name. Kanju? Uh, better than I would have done. Okay. Con- it's going to be how did Kanju and Mark, um, that whole thing begin. Um, I think that's next week's episode. I, I like the theory. Um, and, and Tommy, we talked about even like 
filling in some of the missing blanks that we got in episode one. I, I, again, I don't think we're getting like the full episode on that, but I could see like a situation where we go all the way back. Maybe we even get a, a young Mark and like how things are introduced. We get flashbacks and then we get some of those uh, bits and pieces and then maybe we move forward a little bit too. So do you have any predictions as far as that goes? Yeah, I think I could see that. I think the main thing, if we do do a big flashback, I think it's going to be the moment. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. It seems like he gave up the body to Steven. And I want to see why Mark decided that. If that is the thing. Like, what? Because, like, clearly, and I kind of like that the show's doing this, where it's like, Moon Knight's been a thing. Like, Layla, he's put on the suit for her. Like, he clearly was Moon Knight for a while. Then went, like, ghost, just ghosted everyone, just disappeared, and just became Steven as, like, this, like, you know, and why, why was that? I'm curious about that, but uh, predictions wise. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think we're going to dive into Mark. I think there's some other stuff. Like you talk about Steven, like, are we going to see more? I think so. He didn't seem pretty happy about where he ended up and who knows what else is up in that noggin of old Mark. And it seemed like once Steven put on the Mr. Knight suit, we're, ju- we're just going to jump all around. Um, it, it took him, like, what, 0.3 seconds before he figured out what he should be doing and what his powers are. So there's something there. <laughs> I did love the uh, Mr. Knight. Uh, like, if you're going to bring Mr. Knight, because Mr. Knight's such a wild thing in the comics, it's, this is the way to do it. Just give us a nice ode to him with Steven having the two two uh versions show up was pretty fun it yeah was again um i don't think we necessarily have to go uh scene by scene for this one i, I think I, I like i got it's more so like jumbled in my head with a bunch of different topics so i would like to continue to talk about mr knight here a little bit um i love this this was so much fun I, I mean everything from the costume to the attitude to how he fought it was it was just it was so fun and um, I don't know if I'm out of bounds, like major Deadpool vibes. Is that like, uh, is that Tommy? I mean, you're the comic guy. Um, is he like supposed to be as silly as he was? Well, that's the thing. Like, it's definitely like Mr. Knight is his own personality, like his own entity. It's like, there's Steven, there's Mark, there's Mr. Knight, maybe some other ones <laughs> that I don't want to talk about yet. Uh, and, and Mr. Knight is kind of like the alternate to Moon Knight right mr knight is the person that operates kind of the more vigilante more like uh consults with the police more um detective-y as opposed to moon knight who's more of the superhero go out and do the things if that makes sense um i I like how they did it here i think it made sense to have like steven be the persona because i I don't think they wanted to get into the mr knight of it all so i think like having him show up in this kind of way was a nice uh little little thing yeah. Uh, any any other comments on uh, Mr. Knight here, Luke? Uh... Um, my only my only thing that I was thinking of just talked about how to put this in a Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know if you caught that on the bus when they were fighting when it was Mr. Knight. It was that organization that's in Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the ad right there on the bus. It was the Ooh, what, what is that? Restorative Club or whatever that name was. Yeah. Um... I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name, and I didn't catch uh, it either. The group after the blip that they're like relocating. Yeah, that they're, that they're relocating everybody. That was the ad right there on the bus when Mr. Knight was being like thrown right against it. That's so. awesome. I like that, and it's like I definitely think that's like a big story point that that is like at least in the TV world is something they want to have in a, in a couple of these uh, places. So, well, I, another thing that I really liked about uh, Mr. Knight and all of this, but it was it was this fight scene, and I, th- I found it to be very interesting. Um, and we can dive into um, the jackal that uh, comes out, but this one's invisible, and it's also, it, it, I guess, that also is referenced in the beginning of the episode where um, they couldn't see him on the cameras. So, what I'm like, that's what's kind of confusing me, though. Like, why? Did Mr. Knight see the jackal, but in Layla's perspective, it was invisible? That Maybe that's where I'm a little confused. Mark can see, yeah. Mark, Mark can see them. I'm assuming it has something to do with, you know, either either through Concha or, or the, you know, whatever. Uh, things are up with Mark, but I, I do think it's part of that. Like, I think uh, it's it's probably the Moon Knight part of him can see it. Uh, gotcha. Not, not normal civilians. Because even the museum guy in the beginning couldn't see it right either. So it's like, I think that's how they showed it to us. It's like, oh, look. Because it was that was a part that was kind of jarring for me at first. I was like, wait. So, like, some people can see it. Some people can't. Okay. Because, like, again, like you see it for a half second and Layla shows up and you're like, oh, nope. The jackal's gone. Bye, jackal. 
And they're like, we're not going to show the Jackal anymore. Um, yeah. But then when he switched over to Mark, Layla immediately said, get rid of him. So Layla had an idea of what was there. Um, also, I, when talking about that scene, I really enjoyed the use of the moon. Like, just as we watched that scene, the moon got bigger and the moon got bigger. I was like, hmm, I wonder what the show is called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When yeah, he's like parkouring across buildings and like jumping across the moon, like freaking ET. Like, I don't know. It was, uh, it was really cool. It was really, really, really cool. <laughs> Which I got it. All right. When we talk about Mr. Knight, we're talking about Moon Knight, we're talking about him jumping around. His dry cleaning bill has to be ridiculous, right? Or do you think it's like magic? Do you think like Gancha, uh, like the, do you think he like cleans it all for him? Like it goes like when it, when he unsummons the suit, it like goes over to him and he's like dry cleaning all the suits. Well, that would explain why he's so grumpy. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> he's so grumpy because he's always got to deal with this, with the suit cleaning. Because it just appears, it appears perfect and pristine. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I mean, if it was me, uh, the, nothing would be dry cleaned. I would have, a, it would be on a pile of clothes in my bedroom. You know, like I would not be good at this uh, superhero position by any means. Do we think this is the first time Mr. Knight has been in this particular um, Moon Knight's life? I wonder. You know, I, I kind of feel like the show wants us to believe it was like a like a, this was there, but Mark's never Mark's never needed it. So yeah, I, th- I think it was its first uh, appearance from what we know so far. Gotcha. Um, well, let's talk about another character that we got in this episode that um, was new to us. We get Layla who we saw on the phone last week and we find out that uh, Layla is married to Mark. How about that? Exactly. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like knew she was a love interest. Uh, there's like inklings with Layla, but uh, I thought that was cool in the sense that like it adds a layer. It definitely seems like they have history with, like I said before, I think, she is in the know with most of this stuff. And and like Luke, you said, like she definitely knew the invisible creatures are not, are not new to her. It seemed. Well, and she said something about how was he trying to keep this? I'm not even going to get this word right. Specter for himself, because we, we work together to get that. Like she said something on those lines. Um, yeah. The scarab. Yeah. 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 The scarab. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was, so what threw me on Layla was when the two fake cops came in, or for all we know, the real cops that also work in the commune, who knows, um, because you read some websites and they think everybody works in this commune, um, but these two these two cops that came up, she immediately darted, and they were looking for her first, before they were looking for the scarab, it was like, oh, they wanted to check the bathroom, they were checking, in, like, so they she she knows something and she knew to get out of there she right away so there's something about her well and it makes sense why you know later on we see that concho is like hey this you know i have another uh option in case you end up uh flaking on me mark i can just quickly move this over and i, I was confused on her motivation to follow and then announce that she had the scarab like <laughs> It was like Mark is in the bowl at this point of the lentil soup because we're all vegans apparently as well. And um, Hayward already knew that about Mark. Anyway, um, so Layla, he was in the bowl and he's looking at him and he says something like, don't say or don't bring her name in. She's like, I'm here. I have the scarab. It's right here in my hands. (laughs) She's so fun. She's so fun. She's so tough too. Like, um, again, yeah, it's like she's definitely some seen some shit, right? Like, she's yeah. not afraid um, to cause a mess. Yeah. You would think they have way too much time to escape there. Yeah, like she like reveals herself, and then she's she able says, to like, okay, get to. Him. <laughs> yeah, she's able to like get to him, and then like they have a lot of time when it's like everyone could have just grabbed it the minute she walked in the door. Like, I was very confused <laughs> about that. And then she's like, "Come on, let's grab the suit on your way, Steven." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's interesting though. I, I definitely think Layla is someone that like I like that they're, they're bringing in, her in now. I think like obviously like this is something that Mark is trying. She's the person that Mark's trying to avoid because Mark doesn't want her involved in all this. Because but like is is the reasoning for Concha to not want her? But it's like clearly Concha still wants her. Like it's like this hasn't worked. You leaving her has not helped the situation. 
and, uh, and going back to the Mark origin story, I mean, they obviously met long enough to fall in love and get married and go on these adventures. And that that's pretty difficult to do without your other Stephen part of you knowing, you know. So. Tommy, I'm going to, because I did do a little bit of research about the comics, and I, I learned that Layla is not a direct character from the comics. There's definitely some interpretations that we can take for some other ones. Um, one thing I was like interested in, and here's like this is like the thing that you see pop up constantly in the MCU. Um, even a lot of like the like very basic human characters around our superheroes, um, a lot of times their names, for instance, are hinting that they could become a superhero in the future, or they're like referencing something in the comic books. Um, but and and since we don't have that here, and Layla is not in the comic books. Um, Again, it's hard for me to believe. Like they're constantly all these characters. They want them to become superheroes eventually. Like uh, uh, Hawkeye's wife, right? For instance, like um, there's they, they always have some sort of backstory, and they always have the potential to become a superhero. Um, and honestly, based on the way she was behaving in this episode and her bravery, um, like I like I need to see her get possessed by an Egyptian god. That's where I'm going with this. Um, I would like Lady Moon Knight, and I want it to be Layla. Is that wild? I don't think so. I think the show is, if not pushing it, I think the show wants you to think like, you know, Layla is as capable as Mark. Like, I think she's definitely like, I think both of them are definitely mercenary. It seems that's, that's what I'm gathering. Um, or, or some sort of FBI secret agents type things. Uh, I, what, do you want her to be Lady Moon Knight or do you want her to be her own uh, God? What if she's taken over by the other, the, the, the other God? That'd be spicy. Yeah, Amit. That would yeah, um, that would be interesting. Um, I, or just like another like another god. Yeah, um, like Thor. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> but, but I guess maybe the point is like she's so strong that she doesn't need her own powers, you know. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, I, I just I love Layla, and if we can get like a suit, and yeah, I would love it. So, do you think they met at the mercenary ball or something? Is that what you're <laughs> betting? Is that they were both mercenaries? Yeah. yeah, they were both at the mercenary ball. They saw each other across the room. Um, they were wearing masks. So maybe there was like a couple of dates where they didn't know who each other were and they would like meet up at different like uh, it's like a spy movie where they'll meet up at like Italy. They were both on the same mission. And then it's like, oh, you were the person from the Merc Mer <laughs> the, the, the masquerade ball. Gasp. Not this. <laughs> um, okay, so I have another question for you guys. Um, and I want to talk about, like, Kanju and the voice and his presence in this episode. Um, Tommy, I, I want to throw this one to you because there's no way Kanju is a good guy by any means, right? Just by, He's a bully. He's mean. He's aggressive. He jumps to, like, kill this person now. Like, there's nothing kind about the God, right? Like, like, I feel like, and maybe that's the point of Moon Knight is that like, he's constantly has this like shadow hanging over him of like this evil God. But like, if it, it almost like, I'm getting like major main villain vibes from Kanju at this point. Like he's not good. Kanju has his own path and he has his own goals separate from Mark. And I think that's the key. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily evil, or at least the versions I've seen. He just will disagree with Mark. And a lot of times he does things very manipulating. You know, he, he is, I'm glad they were showing this side of him. Because, yeah, in the, like it, it goes with the whole thing with Mark, where it's like, he has so many freaking voices telling him all conflicting things, all different things, all fighting with each other. It sounds miserable for him. And so, like, and, and what's interesting about Kanshu is, like, he's not – he can't ever take over the body. He's just this, like, almost, like, mentor slash, like, thing that's just there. And so, like, um, I feel like they're doing it really interesting. Like I said, yeah, you definitely aren't supposed to like him, especially after this episode. You're supposed to be like, wait. Because even the way he manipulates uh, Mark with, with – you know, we've been talking about the Layla part of it. It's pure manipulation. Like, all right, Mark, you can do what you want, but – you know what I'll do if you do that. Like, it's very manipulative. You you see, and I think they are going to push that, like, is Kanshu really the, the good guy in all this? Because, like, you see it with uh, with Harrow, with uh, the other guy. What's his name? Uh, Harrow? Is that his name? Yeah, Arthur Harrow. Arthur. 
I mean, right? The big reveal. Arthur was once the the fist of country too, like was one of the fists and he got dropped. And so it's like, what does this say about country that he just like uses these people and then throws them away? And so like when I finished the episode, my first thought was, oh, everyone's bad. <laughs> like, oh, it, Kanju's bad, Harrow's bad, everyone, everyone's the bad guy here, except for maybe even Mark. Mark could be the bad guy. I don't even... That, I was like, that's what I really liked about the end of the episode. I thought, okay, where are we going with this? Because we can't be rooting for somebody that is blackmailing the guy saying, I'm going to take over your love interest if you don't do what I say. That doesn't seem like someone that we're going to be on their corner. And that's the thing. We go back to Amit um, and this god and Amit's motivations of like eradicating the earth of evil people. Like that seems like a, like that. Here I go, Tommy, we're back at, we're back, we're back to like the de- the original days of Star Wars where I defend the villains here a little bit. But, but honestly, you... uh, I mean, there's a little, there's a little side of murder in there. That's not so great, but they want to murder bad people, right? But bad, be- agreed. If it was just bad people, but it's bad people before they've done the crimes. It's it's Minority Report essentially. It's, it's Winter it, Soldier. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the age-old question: If you had a time machine, would you smother baby Hitler? I mean, <laughs> probably, but, right? Hopefully. See, I was under the impression <laughs> it's people that could make bad decisions, not people that were going to make bad decisions. Yeah, my, yes. my missing? Did I miss that? I, I took that as that too, where it's like it, it could they have the possibility, so or it's like it's seen that you could maybe most likely. I don't know if it's like a hundred percent. I guess that's the question, right? Yeah, is it like a hundred percent? You're going to do something bad, so I'm going to kill you now, or is it like you have potential to? So we're going to get rid of you. That's more. Than I mean, yeah. I was going to say, like, just like in Winter Soldier, though, if you weren't sure who the bad guy was on the argument, like in Winter Soldier, where he killed his maid, here at the very end, he's like, oh, thanks for grabbing that scarab for me. Sorry, you're not going to see the life that you that I'm going to build and just kill that homeless guy. So I was like, oh, OK, that's the bad guy. We get it. <laughs> that's fair, but it's just a little bit of murder. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding now. See, but Kanju is like murder for the right cause. Con- yeah, yeah, well, yeah. but it's murder. It's a lot of Kanju stuff and a lot of the stuff he makes Mark do. It's like, just like Kanju has this like dirty laundry list of things that he's like, oh, I need you to clean up all these messes I made in the past. Like that's essentially what Mark's job is like clean up. Kanju is like, I'll clean up your suit if you clean up all my messes, please. Um, okay, so uh, this is y'all want to talk about Arthur Harrow a little bit more because we did, and I think this is my thing with uh, Arthur. Uh, he did do some cool stuff in here. Um, he we we got to see his like cane in action. We saw him kill people. Um, for the most part, I'm still not really sold on this guy. Um, I do like that the story is evolving a little bit more. We find out again that he was originally controlled by Kanju, um, but I, and I talked about it in episode one. It's like a lot of exposition to explain this character. It's just like constantly, he's always like, he, I feel, and I, I said last week, I feel like he's just constantly going to be like explaining himself. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not too exciting for me. Yes, Tommy. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I mean, I can. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you look like I... you had a brain blast. <laughs> no, I turned off the fan and it was like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, this out. I don't want to. I want to leave this one. All right, keep it in. <laughs> keep it in. Don't keep secrets from the Stark Warriors. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my thing with I like Arthur, and it's it's partly because like I'm just a big like Ethan Hawke. Like I, he's great. Uh, and I think what they're doing really well is they they ha- introduce him so early, but they're introducing him, and I think Luke, you said it like very like. Hey, I'm the good guy and all this, but he's not, like I feel like they're waiting to drop that hammer on us of like, no, he's way more evil than you even thought he was. Like, we think he's evil now, but he's gonna be even worse because they're setting him up as this like good guy, Arthur. Like that's what they're he's like the good guy who's out there and he's just he's just helping the people. You know, he's seen the evil of Concho and he wants that to be over. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, his own personal feelings towards Concho that's coming out, and I feel like he doesn't care who he hurts to uh, get his revenge. Um, so I loved this whole scene when Arthur came in and um, Stephen is in the car and he's handcuffed and he's like talking to Mark. And then immediately 
um, Haro comes over the intercom and he says, I'm like, oh, yes, isn't that true? Stephen from the gift shop and opens, unhandcuffs him. And he's like, hey, aren't those tomatoes, buddy? Hey, let's look at that soccer ball. Look, we speak in Mandarin. We used to have all this crime here and now we don't. Everyone leaves their doors unlocked, even though Stephen just a second ago is locked in the car screaming that he was kidnapped. There was no crime in that area. And... <laughs> Then, of course, what I thought Arthur's crazy superpower is, and I don't know why I'm focusing on it, is that his ability to know people's dietary preferences before meeting him, because he just greets him and he goes, oh, you're a vegan, right? <laughs> oh, me too. Let's go have this lentil soup. Hey, that's Carlos's recipe, right? Carlos and Carlos are standing there like peace, and everyone's watching these dolphins, and it's just, <laughs> this scene was just great. Well, even him talk about, he's like, oh, don't worry about Kanchu. He can't do anything. And Kanchu's like throwing chance tantrums all over the place. Windy, windy uh, fabric moving all over the place. What was well, the line? He said something like, oh, I only do vengeance. And Haro said something like, oh, I bet he's saying I only do vengeance now. Yeah. It's like, you can hear him? No. It, it's like when you're dating a girl and then like you meet like, or maybe you broke up with the girl. I don't know. And it's like you're talking to like the ex boyfriend before you, and you're like, "Oh yeah, she does that. Yep, I she does she did that to me too." <laughs> like that's exactly what it is. Oh, she tried to run you over with her car. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Classic. That's her move. <laughs> and I loved how Kanchu was like in that whole scene. Like he was on different ledges. He was blending it with the gargoyles. You know, it's just he was there the whole time. And then it was crazy because as soon as he said, "Give me the scarab." All of a sudden, like all the different commune of the no crime, like everybody came, like all of a sudden the hitmen, and everybody was like glaring around. I, I just so I I, I I don't know where I am with Haro yet. Obviously, he'll be the bad guy. I think obviously because again he killed a random person at the end, so we would know. Um, but this like the other thing that I noticed with him this whole scene is how many times do we see glass on the ground? when Haro was walking around. And I just took that as a callback to episode one right there in that opening scene. It was like, oh, this is why he prepared walking with class because there's class everywhere. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I figured the glass was there so that uh, so that Steven would always have his reflection because that's the thing that, like, at first, like, I didn't even notice it in the first episode until it was pointed out to me, but I noticed it all the time this time. He, it's like, it's like in the reflection of the soup. It's in the reflection of the table. It's like every window he walks by, um, you're getting a glimpse of that reflection, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, broken broken glass, like everything. So. Well, even when he first met Layla in this scene, which, by the way, he immediately went Layla, which, again, um, <laughs> but the, his, the whole talking with Layla came through the mirror right there on the side. And I rather than face to face, we saw it all through the reflection. And I, I just have I'm so fascinated that I almost like at the bar tonight, I'm looking at the bartender's reflection on the bar. And I was like, OK, is this going to be a different person? Because this has just happened so much in this whole episode. It's great. <laughs> Luke is looking for a glitch in the Matrix, so I'd uh, love to see it. Um, there's another scene I wanted to dive into a little bit. Um, not one of the bigger ones, but we do, um, because one of the things that he found in his wall, along with the cell phone, was a key to his storage compartment. So he goes there, and uh, he basically, I guess this is like Mark's hideout. Uh, this is like his man cave. What do you think of the man cave, Tommy? I have questions and this is where like, there's a lot of things I still have like questions about, like, and it goes a lot with like, does Mark give up the body to Steven voluntarily or is it more like it just happens? Uh, and th that's going to like determine a lot of this for me. Like, does he just sleep here for fun sometimes? Like, why doesn't he go back to the apartment? If like, it's not like Steven's staying there. Like why like, he could go back and sleep there. No one's in the bed. No one's there. So I was confused about that, but I, I thought this was a cool scene. I loved everything about this. Like obviously all the reflections was cool. Uh, you get very dramatic concert. He's so dramatic. Like, like did he have to make a big grandiose thing in the storage unit? That's what I'm saying. This guy's so extra. Like that. I, 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 I don't see the redeeming quality still. So <laughs> Do you remember at that spot where this scene ended when he was leaving the storage locker running from Kanju and it just seemed like it paused? Like my, I thought the first time I watched this episode, my computer, my TV was glitching because it just literally like a whole just like pause. And the next thing he was outside. And I just thought that was a really cool shot. 
You know, actually, any any moment with Kanju, I think, is just... I think he is such a stunt. Like, the character design there and the way that they were able to animate him on screen is super impressive. I really like it. With that being said, though, there was some CGI in this episode that I didn't love as much. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if this is, like, a big deal to you guys as much, but when he was summoning the jackals out of the ground, and then even some of the jackals themselves... Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we've had better CGI in uh, these yeah. Marvel shows. So, um, I read somewhere on this, like, when he was summoning that jackal, it was the color purple. That same color that is used in Multiverse um, of Spider-Man. And there was a lot of questions if those were similar. I do not know. But I thought I'd throw it to the two experts. <laughs> well, we've talked about this in the past and like the different types of magic in the MCU. And purple is a constant sign of evil. Um, we see it in this character. We see it in Agatha Harkness. Um, so I, that one's always showing up. And I guess uh, red is like chaotic magic. Um, we see that in Wanda. Still and, evil. Yeah, we're, we're still watching you, Wanda. We still know what you did. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's like there's a bunch of threads there. There's blue. There's yellow. It's almost like the lightsaber colors in Star Wars. It's if you track it, if you do like really track it, and you look up like the different colors of the magic. Um. There's a lot of similar threads there, which is uh really cool. Yeah, green is like illusionary magic, or you know, it's cool. It's, it's some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, but. Yes, uh, with the I, I did find the the jackal stuff like a little, but listen, I'm giving them a lot of credit for like this with the budget of being a TV show. I've been really impressed with like the CGI a little bit, but the cinematography. I just can't like I feel like that's not everyone's talking about the mysteries and stuff, but like they're doing some really creative things storytelling wise, and they kind of have to because to your point earlier, they're doing a ton of exposition. And so it's nice to get these, like, at least artsy things along with the exposition part of it. Uh, another one of my favorite moments is, I think we touched on it very briefly, but just to talk about it again, um, when Layla and Steven are running from uh, the jackals and they hide in that room and she's like, it's time to turn. It's time to turn. And, like, I don't know about you guys, but I thought he was going to do it. And he did not. No, because Steven's the worst. Get him out of here. I don't Come need on, Steven. Like, he's funny. Scotty's the worst. Get Scotty off my screen. He was funny for an episode. Now he's just, like, he's just too naive. Where it's like, everything's like, and this is a gripe I might have about the episode in the whole. Everyone seems to not, when things seem out of the ordinary, they just seem to, like, push past them. Like, the minute uh, Mark Steven is, like, confused and not getting any of this, Layla should stop down and be like, are you okay? Like no one seemed to be questioning why uh, Mark is pretending to be Steven, but like genuinely is confused. Like that's one of my gripes. And um, one of my gripes in the first episode is like, how is he keeping this gift shop job? And I'm glad that they resolved that right away. Cause I'm like, the guy doesn't remember asking this girl out. He's missing for days upon end and who knows where he was. I mean, it's, I was like, how is he even having this steady employment? But apparently he had to have a bathroom accident in order before they finally pulled the plug there. Uh, I did like that they handed him a pamphlet. Was it like therapy or something? Um, which, again, in the comics that I read with Moon Knight, um, he opens in a mental, mental ins institution, uh, which I don't know. Tommy, do you think we get any of that in this show? Do you think, uh, like, how, how far down do we go the therapy rabbit hole here? And that's the thing. Therapy is a big, like, therapists are a big thing in the comics for, for Mark. I, I could see, I mean, he got handed the, the pamphlet, right? Which, like, felt very, like, from the museum, they don't know that he has voices or anything. It's just because, like, this incident happened. It felt like a, like a big step for, like, your employer to be like, hey, I think you need to see a therapist. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I could see, like, I, how much time do we have? Do we, how many episodes is this? Six? I believe it's six. The standard Marvel six? Yeah. yeah, I mean, what? We got four episodes left. I, I could see possibly, but I, I think that's more of like a, a late-term thing. Um, I feel like the focus is – what? We're in Egypt now. I feel like the focus is going to be recapping the Mark stuff. Uh, we're going to get into like some some big battles. Obviously, there's there's going to be a big clash at the, at the grave site of uh of uh and then uh i i don't think we have the time but you know it's definitely something that i could see them doing in the future 
And so with that pamphlet, I've read a lot, like, it's when you watch different, like, because I was trying to prepare for this podcast, so I watched a couple of those. What are these little Must I mean, are... isn't it nice to have somebody here that's prepared? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is, I, I, I've come with nothing, so I appreciate but it. It has these little nuggets in it, and it's like half the websites were like, oh, this pamphlet is from the Haro commune to begin with, and this HR guy is also the... Um, you know, and part of this commune. And at the same time, when I've rewatched, I'm like, I didn't get that at all. I'm like, you would have, you had to be going at 0.001 frames and said, okay, here's the clue I picked up here. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Like from the way he was acting, less of like, I wouldn't have noticed the pamphlet, but like the way he was acting, was like, again, like I said, very presumptuous to just be like, Hey, I think you need this therapist. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do think it's nice that uh, maybe this is like the new the the new era we live in and in, in our in America is hey, you know what, therapy's okay, and just because you have minor problems, you could still you could still see a therapist. Um, with that being said, no, this is absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah, to- totally agree. Like, we should not be afraid of therapists. It just feels very much on that same line of like uh, like. <laughs> Asking like a like a woman if they're pregnant or something like you're really jumping the gun unless you're like confident <laughs> that like like you know yeah. I don't know but I guess therapy is for for anyone for any reason stress uh, maybe he thought that Mark was stressed Stephen was stressed so you know and of course it immediately cuts after he gets the therapy pamphlet to him talking to the street performer who's getting the dead eyes so it's like I think Stephen agrees <laughs> he needed something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even pick up on that contrast there, but yeah. Uh, he could yeah do he's that. already got a therapist. Yeah, well, true. I he think he needs some input, though. There. <laughs> yeah. um, he does have to pay, though. He tips him, so there's that. Um, guys, what else? I mean, I know this is kind of chaotic. We went all over the place, but is there anything else that I've skipped over y'all want to talk about? Um, I The whole mother situation. Because, like, episode one, Stephen, with a V, is talking to his mom on the phone like all the time. And then Layla says in this episode, um, oh, I thought you and your mother were estranged or I didn't know that you were still talking to your mom. And so that was just a nugget I picked up. I definitely think there's something with the mother. Uh, I I think I said last week, like, I, I wonder if it's like, mark's like keeping up the the again it's that whole like i think mark wanted steven to live a life and so i've been keeping up this like scheme from like the fact that they've been getting postcards from the mother and like layla's like oh you're talking to her again like there's got to be something i think we're going to get a lot of information about who this mother might be yes uh a lot of time what else did we miss anything i mean uh... Um, the other thing that i thought was interesting that i picked up is that the qr codes you probably talked about this last week um the qr codes that are showing up actually scan and go to the marvel website and they show you a moon knight comic so yeah was was that on the podcast no we've been talking about it off offline i discovered it and was talking to michael about it but yeah there's qr codes that give free comics i think that's really cool and really neat that marvel's i hope they continue doing that i think that's a really good way to get people into comics if they're not already and uh it's also like a fun like oh where's the qr code when's it coming is is this is it does it take you to an existing comic or is it like when you go see the Batman they give you a free comic that was written specifically for the movie type deal? It it like, just goes to like a random comic is what my take is. On okay, it. interesting. Maybe it yeah. says something. Maybe it's foreshadowing the next episode. But Should I will we have say... a QR code in the background of like one of like oh like if you get the QR code in Michael's background you get a free um, Stark Wars comic which is just me doodling on a napkin done <laughs> done <laughs> yeah but i do think the qr code is a lot more obvious too than every other like i i was reading things that are in the episode and i was watching next time I'm like okay i'm sure that's there i trust the person that said that but the qr code it's like oh that's right there in front of your face yeah. right there at the locker well, that's the thing with all the Easter eggs of like, well, this number leads to this comic. I'm like, yep, you're right. <laughs> like <laughs> The birthday on the passport was Oscar Isaac's. Cool. Yeah. Glad you we, <laughs> Tommy, I remember, I, like back in the WandaVision days, we really did get like torn up we about were. the numbers. Um, and then I think we slowly realized like, 
okay, it's just it's gonna take you to a Wanda comic, and it doesn't really say anything about the episode. I don't blame us though. I blame Marvel because Marvel <laughs> wanted WandaVision to be like they went into they wanted fans to stop caring about Easter eggs, and then they then they got back on board. But it was really like, how can we just how can we just f with all the fans with every single thing? You know, putting I will never get over them putting Grim Reaper helmet in the intro of episode two of WandaVision, and then just nothing. Just, just to do it, which I like appreciate, but also, you know, then we got Ralph Bonard and we don't need to talk about that ever again. <laughs> right. Or the the fly that was flying in Agnetha Harkness's house. You're like, yeah. I know where this is going. Yeah. Oh, it isn't going there. <laughs> yeah, I swear, if Moon Knight does that to me, oh, I'll be so upset. But also, that's what I kind of like about Moon Knight. And we talked about, like, I think this is where I would, like, wrap, like, close my thoughts is yeah i think we've covered most of the stuff i think this there's a lot more mystery and i think by episode three i want the mysteries to be over to the degree like i think they can keep a couple but i want to have a, a understanding of how this works how mark got it how he's able to like what's happening i want to i want to feel like i'm on stable ground because i don't feel that right now um but i do think like overall i've been enjoying my time with them and i think they just need to keep doing what they're doing keep that horror keep the mystery going just let us a little more and you you peaked us in with episode two but like so many times with these tv shows i feel like they wait till the end like we have the the power broker and we're gonna keep that mystery even though everybody knows who it is from episode three um like let's just let's just i got i get the hardness as well yeah like let's just we we get it let the show breathe on its own as well yeah and i really do like i wish it go more like that's what i really liked about loki is that you know, you had last episode's mystery solved, but you're like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm excited to just sit back and find out. I'm ready to ride the ride and just enjoy this and not try to dissect and not overthink it. And I think with Moon Knight right now, I think we're in that phase of, okay, is this because of this? And is this? And I don't want the last episode to be titled Exposition. Like, I would really like to just sit back and enjoy the ride. So um, I, I'm a little hesitant to talk about this, but like I've seen it everywhere. Like every time I look at Twitter or like uh, I've heard in podcasts, like everyone is talking about this. So I, I feel like it's only fair we throw ourselves into the discussion as well, um, because a lot of the critics got screeners for the show before and they were able to watch the first four episodes um, and a lot of the reviews are based on those first four episodes, but the thing that I've seen constantly is that episode four will blow our minds. People keep saying that episode four is the one, and, that, and that, the other reason I don't want to say is because I don't want to overhype it, right? Uh, I don't want to be part of the problem where everyone's excited for this episode, and then it's kind of a letdown, um, but I'm curious. Is It has me thinking, like, how how could this story change uh you know it's like you're saying you want the mystery solved now but i feel like um it's like we're gonna maybe we do get the mystery solved but then it's like everything's flipped on its head again and i i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or what it means or where it's going but i don't know if anyone else had thoughts on that that's what i think michael now you this is the first i've heard the episode four is the hot commodity in the streets uh but i do think like we saying i think episode three is gonna like give us the mark stuff give us like the backstory that we've been like wanting and and curious and then i think four is going to come out it's going to give us a whole we're gonna we're gonna be like ah roll like like we've been like on edge and we're like oh man then we get this big reveal and we're like ah oh, it's fine we can go outside it's safe and then someone rounds a corner and they punch us in the face that's gonna be episode four come in with some new mysteries that i'm okay with if they bring new mysteries into episode four sure just don't have the same mystery from episode one and let it drift until episode five like i you know you can solve some mysteries and then go back. Watch Scooby-Doo. They do it all the time. I mean, I do love being punched in the face by mysteries. So I'm, I'm excited about episode four, just from your hype right there. So I want to let you know that I'll be holding you personally responsible. Oh, great. The oh, that's exactly what I wanted. Live up to the hype. <laughs> I think in general, created. yeah, I think in general, this is, this in Eternals has taught me Go into everything with no hype. No trailers, guys, because no hype. If you go in with no hype, everything is going to be better. <laughs> but Luke, you watch trailers, though. I do not. <gasps> you yeah. don't watch any trailers. I, how are you going to be excited by the movie if you watch the trailer? You know what's you see all the hot, 
that's the hype. It's the, it's the hype train. Two two, get on board. You, you get no. you get your press release photos. You get your trailers. You get you, you see get it. Your you go, oh, headlines. I can't wait for this joke. Oh, there it is. Finally, at the third third yeah. act of the movie. I've been waiting for it all day. See, I think uh. the thing is with this stuff is like, because like I'll, I'll watch trailers of other things, but with superheroes, I'm already hyped. I'm a big superhero guy. I'm already going to go in and see Thor. I'm already going to see Thor, Love and Thunder. I don't need to watch any of the trailers whenever they come out because that might be 40 years from now. I, I never need to see the trailers because I'm already going to watch it. So everything, I, I'm going to be doughy-eyed. You know, look at me, Michael. I'm going to be doughy-eyed with my little lollipop licking it in the theater. Um, Wow. This is Tom, so exciting. Tommy, is how about this? Let me let me hit you with this. Uh, Morbius, that trailer, nothing in that trailer was in the movie. And I was never excited for the movie, and I wasn't excited <laughs> I didn't watch the trailer. So I was <laughs> zero hype. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's the same idea as, like, if you read the book before you see the movie, you're sitting there the whole movie knowing what's going to happen or knowing what to expect. And if you go in knowing nothing, you can just sit back and every little thing's a surprise. Like, I thought Spider-Man No Way Home for me was just one of the greatest movie experiences I've ever seen because I, I did the best I could, but I avoided all the spoilers and all the trailers and everything was a surprise. And it was such a good experience. You would have been so disappointed when they showed all three Spider-Man in the trailers. So I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this is, you know, this is all actually just a secret uh, meeting so I could bring Luke in so we could really just make this about no trailers because this is the thing too trailers give away the plot we knew the no no the the Spider-Man plot to a degree and if I would know if no trailers you wouldn't know nothing nothing about the plot okay uh, so and, and hey we were like trying to figure out how we'd fill out the recommendation section and I think <laughs> we're doing it here because Luke I, I have a follow-up question to you um so you're not you don't like like uh you don't like you don't like Christmas decorations, right? Because you only want Christmas on Christmas. You don't want Christmas you know, all December. You know, if you said Halloween, we'd have the whole conversation <laughs> here because I'm like, wow, okay, I do love having the month of Halloween. That's great, but the month of Christmas, not really. <laughs> but that's what it feels like the lead up to the lead up to the movie. It's like this is this is uh, this is everything. It's like right now we're we're in the month of Multiverse of Madness. Right, and I and it's really hard to avoid spoilers on that, especially when you follow things like Star Wars. <laughs> apologies, like, apologies. Oh, I stay away from it. I'm no, but it's like because it's all the stuff that'll pop up on your feed. And you're like, I don't want yeah. these words. And then, of yeah. course, as soon as you see it, you want to tweet about it or you want to see it. So you're like, now bring all those words back. What were people saying? This yeah, is but... uh, this is a good point to bring in that uh, I you know for those keeping track I know there's people I still have not been spoiled on the the, the big thing from the trailer of, of Doctor Strange I would like to stay unspoiled and I think uh, uh, some people want me to be spoiled. You're yeah you're really asking for it, Tommy. The more you talk about it, the more <laughs> I'm like, likely to create a fake account and send you spoilers. You're like that Kristen Wiig character in Saturday Night Live. Don't make me sing, please. Don't make me sing, please. Don't make. Me sing. <laughs> No, I, well, I need to tell them so that like people, maybe there's someone out there rooting for me. Like, oh man, I want to see. I couldn't avoid the trailer spoilers, but I want to see Tommy, Tommy do it. It's like uh, in Hercules when Phil looks up in the sky and he wants to see the the stars and be like, "That's my boy." There's someone out there that wants to see me go to that movie unspoiled and go, "That's my boy, that Tommy, that's my Hercules." Go little rock and, star, and you're the avatar of that god. We get yeah. just bringing it all back. <laughs> <laughs> okay so luke um thank you so much for doing this this was uh, this was so much fun i i'm sorry there's probably a little bit more unhinged but i think it's appropriate um you it's you're a lot <laughs> you're a lot of fun here today uh, i want to give you the chance to tell people where they can find you and whatever else you're up to um, you can follow me on Twitter at Hawk Trapper, H-W-K-T-R-P-P-R. Um, the name is not Homework Tripper, it's Hawk Trapper, because when I was in college, I used to trap red-tailed hawks as part of my wildlife degree. Um, other than that, I am going back to the classroom on Monday, which is why I hit this podcast up, to go back to teaching children about superheroes through science. <laughs> Love it. You're doing the Lord's work, Luke. Appreciate it. Um, Tommy, what's going on in your world? You know, uh, this podcast, uh, <laughs> I'm over at uh, Tommy's Tidbits on the Twitter. You can find me there. 
I also spend a lot of my time on, I always pitch them, Post Show Recaps Discord. That's really where I spend on any social media. That's kind of my social media now. I just go there, hang out with a lot of cool people that love uh, all the stuff we kind of talk about here uh, and play D&D, which you can always play with me anytime over there. Other than that, I was on a couple podcasts. It's kind of still recent, I guess. Uh, I was on uh, Shit 90 Shows Tommy, covering Boy Meets World a little bit ago. You can go back, re-listen to that. It's the hot goss with Corey and Topanga. Some stuff went down. So, you know, watch that. Uh, and then Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I was on a One Indescribable Podcast is the name of the podcast. And I was on that, covering an episode over there. We were talking wedding season. It was very exciting. Got to give all my wedding love because I, I love weddings having never had one. I feel like once I have one, I'll, I'll probably not love them as much. I better be invited, yeah. Tommy. That's all I have to say on that. Oh, wow. You're like making your claim on air. Now it's like, well, now if I don't, then people will we'll replay this and be like, oh, man. Yeah, there's, sure. there's... I'm a big wedding. I like weddings. Okay. Sue me. All right. Do you okay. like throwing weddings or just? Oh, God. I guess no. you through. Yeah, My yeah. wedding was the worst wedding because like I was responsible for everything. I like to go to other people's weddings where I, don't, I, have, I have no responsibilities. Yeah, that's what I like to. Open bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, guys, I will start to close this out here. Um, I like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five stars. And also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week with Moon Knight recaps, as well as Multiverse of Madness when that comes out and Kenobi when that comes out. Um, I also like to remind you guys to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you check the link in our bios or the link in the show notes, you can find our merch. Luke bought one of our shirts. Uh, if you want to be just like Luke, uh, go grab yourself a little Stark Wars baseball tee. I, I, I'm proud of them. I really like them. So uh, I'd love to see you guys sporting those. Um, also, we have a little Discord community. So if that's something you're interested in, you can hit us up on social media and we will get you involved. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time.